Are we living the most real life possible? I ask myself this question all the time. Most of the time, the answer is, I just don't know. Sometimes the answer is, definitely not. This is why I have this podcast. I'm Matt Bodker, and welcome to the show. Before we get started, just three small things. First, please, please leave a review where all reviews are accepted, like Apple Podcasts. It's the main way by which this podcast gets into the hands of other people. Second, please consider supporting Living the Real through a small recurring donation at patreon.com slash LTR or a one-time donation through Venmo or PayPal, all in the show notes. Third and last, please visit livingthereal.com and sign up for my newsletter where you'll get updates on future resources like upcoming blogs, YouTube channels, guest appearances, and exclusive content on my Living the Real method. Okay, on with the show. And welcome to episode four of Living the Real. I'm Matt Bodker, and I am glad to be here again, and I'm utterly exhausted. I'm exhausted, and more than anything, I just need some space in my life right now. I don't know if you guys are feeling the same way. I would imagine so, because we've been going on for months now, dealing with the coronavirus. This is June 1st, and now we're going head-to-head with the gruesome death of George Floyd. And now the consequence of this being mass rioting and violence and more death. It just is unbelievably sad. And it's caused me so much emotional drain of just knowing what to do in this circumstance. And then I thought to myself, this is the best time to talk about my 3M framework for living the real. And the first one, which is this idea of margin. Because I think if anything, if there's anything the country needs, if there's anything that I need right now more than anything, is more space, is more margin, to be less reactive and more proactive, to look at things as best as I can soberly and rightly and correctly and with the right emotion. So I want to spend, this is a different kind of episode. In the past couple, I have brought on my sister, which has been incredible, and I'm trying different variations. I want to do a shorter episode of just of what I mean about margin. This is the most important pillar of this framework. And without it, the other two really don't really get any traction. Because if we don't have space, then we don't have that ability to see or feel or even desire what we desire. We run the rat race and we end up just living life reactively out of a spirit of busyness. And we find ourselves years later completely disenchanted with ourselves and and feel like we've done nothing. And that has to stop. So it stops now, and I want to talk about my concept of margin and where it comes from. But to begin with, I need to start with the why. So why do I start with margin? Well, it's this idea of you, you know, the perennial kind of image of you dropping a rock in a lake, and you see those ripples begin to unfold from the rock. And those rocks are, those ripples are directly proportionate to the size of the rock. You know, we would think it'd be really weird if we threw a little pebble in and then a tsunami happened. Well, that's kind of what's happening now right? There's so many things going on in our culture, particularly in the US, that we're having an enormous greater effect in our country that's causing a lot of violence, harm, and many other things. And so the goal is to focus on margin so that when life happens, when the rocks get thrown at us, that that ripple that we are is proportionate to the reality, right? It's real. And it's, it's one that actually works. And it's one that actually brings life to the world. And if it needs to bring correction to the world. And so it's really important. 
There's so many things in our life that zap us from our ability to be able to respond proportionately. I feel like I can't do it at all right now, by the way. Like, like I'm just, everything I am overreacting to, and I'm really causing problems with everyone in my life at the moment. Part of it is little sleep. And I'm not the only one I know that suffers from this. I know another one is running from one thing to the next with little time to breathe. There was this great, I'll try to put it in the show notes, this great a study done, I don't know if it was in Boston or Harvard, I'm sorry, I don't know, I just, it just came to my mind, where they did these, they, they brought in like religious ministers, right? So different religions, and they would have them walk from one place to the other for some important meeting. And this was like a test. And they staged a person who needed help in the middle. And they noticed that even these, quote, religious people, right, these pastors, these, these, these spiritual authorities, right, you think they would have kind of a, a, a higher awareness to helping those in need, that time, just time, would prevent them from helping those. That if they gave them plenty of time from going from point A to point B, like I think over 65% would actually stop and help the person in need. But if they were running short on time, running late, they overwhelmingly would not stop to help and go straight to the meeting. How our life, either, and we, I could just say right now, if some of us are still at home right now, and I, but it doesn't mean that I'm in, not less busy. I have three little rugrats running around the house and it's very, very busy and, it's, and, and it gets, I get disconnected from my work and it's hard to focus. But just the mental exhaustion as well, not even just running physically, but mentally, I'm exhausted and I'm sure you feel the same way. We need to give us a lot, give ourselves, as my sister said in a previous episode, a, a large amount of self compassion right now, uh, because the way we may be ha- behaving individually and corporately is disproportionate to the reality. Because we live in a really difficult time right now, and if we want to correct that, we have to do something about that. And that's what I'm going to talk about for about ten minutes. I don't want to make this long, but I want to give you something to practice right now to do your part and my part specifically, not to get sucked into this and to react to disproportionate rather than cause more harm to the world. And of course, another thing that just zaps us from our ability and makes us the, have a tsunami with a pebble is that limitations being imposed upon us for long periods of time. I mean, we, we know what it feels like to be, to, to be kept somewhere, right? For the lockdown. And it does really impede upon our ability to have any sense of self-awareness, of happiness, and it's exhausting. And you just want to get out, you want to be free. And we're striving, that, that, striving for this new normal whatever that is, and not even know what that is. And it's exhausting to think about all of these different things we're trying to venture out and do. How do we be safe in going out in the real world? And it's all exhausting. And it makes everything that encounters us have a response that's disproportionate to that which which we're encountering. So we've got to fix this. It is the most important strategy in human life. This is the most important thing. There's nothing else more important than this. Whether you're an entrepreneur, a husband, a father, a son, a friend, a coworker, if you don't have space, you don't have margin, you are going to fail over and over again. You're going to wonder why you overreact, you mess up, you do the wrong thing. There's a lot of factors, but I'm willing to, 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 to bet that one of the biggest is this idea of margin and the lack thereof in your life. So how do we do this? How do we do this? Ultimately, we got to move from a different way of thinking, moving from this deterministic idea, this thing that's part, particularly of the U.S., (laughs) this idea of trying to control every part of our environment to make it our own and move from deterministic to discovery. We need to move that mindset. We have to go into a lens of discovery. If we're deterministic, try to control our environment, the people around us, our friends, 
because we're just exhausted and we feel vulnerable really. And so the only way to, to compensate for vulnerability is to control things to make it give us a false sense of control. And then we're even more out of control because now we have broken relationships and we're saying things on Facebook and Instagram that are causing more harm to the world, not less. A great book, Predictably Irrational by Dan Airely. I love this. I've mentioned it before and I think a previous episode that he talks about how really, even though we're kind of like rational animals, we don't normally act that way. That he, he this basically the summary of the book is that we, can, we cannot truly be rational in the heat of the moment. That's the conclusion. We can't be rational in the heat of the moment. So we need to start building our instincts in that safe zone when we're actually in a place where we can be rational. So if you're on Facebook all the time, just FYI, then you're probably not in your most rational state, at least for me. It's depressing to be on any social media right now. And I'm not in any rational state. I'm not in a calm state. So if we're going to actually begin to live in a a moment of discovery, the only way is practicing that in a place that is safe, that is not in a moment where we're triggered. And by practicing that, we'll build that faculty that when we're in the heat of the moment, we'll actually then be able to do better and not cave into our negative instincts, but have built new instincts that are more noble. We begin asking the, the, the bigger and deeper questions in life about discovery. So the problems, well, there's two big problems or a few. Our mindset is our biggest problem in accomplishing that. We have a fatalistic mindset that everything just happens to me, pessimistic, unlucky mindset, victim mentality, feel helpless. And of course, blaming others. We see this a lot right now. It's not my fault. It's somebody else's fault. And that could be largely true, but it doesn't help anyone. I love uh, Roger Connor's book, The Oz Principle. He talks about how until we realize that we are part of the problem, we will not be part of the solution. There's a lot of people out there who do not believe they're part of the problem at all. And so they cannot be part of the solution. And And what we end up doing is having violence and terrorism and things that destroy and not solve. And so we've got to be able to move out of this mindset of the fatalism and pessimism and being unlucky and victim. And again, how do we do this? We're going to fall into this every time in the context of a triggered moment. So we have to practice in our safe moments, judgments, pigeonholing people, judgmentalism, closing off to others at a safety net, right? Being critical of others and self and self-interestedness. All these things prevent us from living a life of discovery. And the only way we're going to get out of this and be better individually, socially, as a country and as a world is to practice a new way of doing things through a lens of discovery. So I'm going to end with this. So how do you practice margin? I, I say there's two types of margin. There's margin based off identity. It's that margin that you cultivate every day in your life to solidify your identity as an individual so you can be a great person. And that in that moment where you're being triggered, your real personality shines through. That which is good, which is true, and which is beautiful shines through. And there's another part of margin, which is called practical or practiced margin, which I'm not going to talk about today. And that's all kind of this idea of the, 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 the margin in your areas of life, which I have a whole wheelhouse I'd love to share with you. There's more stuff coming forward soon. That, you know, margin like in your finances, in your emotional life, in your marriage, in your friends. And I love this book called Margin. And again, I forgot the name of the gentleman. Let's see if I can look it up right now. Richard Swenson. Richard Swenson, his name, great book. I loved his definition of of this idea of margin. It's a distance between your load and your limit, the distance between your load and your limit. And when you have no distance, 
you're just fatigued, you're overrun, you run out of just your instincts, which are never, usually not that good, especially if you haven't cultivated good instincts. And so we could see that easily with finances when we come to practical margin, that if your load and your limit are equal, zero, then you're at a zero-sum game and you have no ability to weather an emergency, which they always happen. So, But what I want to talk about is the identity-based permanence is of margin. And so I have these four areas called the ordered life that build identity-based um, margin. Permanence, discovery, gratitude, and generosity. Permanence, discovery, gratitude, and generosity. I want to talk just for a couple minutes. I'm going to bring out a free mini course on this. I'm working on it right now. And I'm going to let you know if you're interested now and just want to be put on the list, go ahead. But I'm going to totally promote this. I want to give it away for free and walk you through and help you practice this. When I, when I enter into this, I am a much better individual. And when I do not, and I don't do it sometimes, I'm recultivating this right now in my own life and putting more, more, more milestones in my day to practice this, to regain a sense of self. And that go into livingthereal.com, check it out. There's a newsletter you can sign up for and you will get notified right away, a free mini course that I'm going to do in the next couple of weeks. It'll be done. So the first one is permanence. This is all about identity. It reminds me of Simon Sinek's game, The Infinite Game, where he talks about the idea that we've got to pursue something that is infinite and not just finite. We just can't be trying to lose 30 pounds because once you lose 30 pounds, it's over, it's done, what do you do next? But if you want to live a healthy life, that's infinite game. It never ends and it becomes a habit. And I'm really into this idea of habits because habits endure forever. Goals end. And then you have to think of now what? And I want to be habitually a better person, not just a better person for four to six or eight weeks. So it needs to be an infinite game. You need to be grounded in something permanent that is infinite. You've got to practice permanence. Now, for me, I'm a particular faith. I'm Christian. So it's prayer for me and meditation, but it's prayer for me. But it may be for you meditation. We're having someone on in the next episode who meditation changed their entire life in, in the, one of the most difficult times of their life. And I want them to come on and share their experience of how it was introduced to them, meditation, and how it radically changed their ability to get through one of the darkest moments of their life. But you have to regularly, every day, ground yourself in something permanent that is not changing, right? It's, you know, it's one thing to say, I know, just because it's on my mind, right? To end coronavirus, right? That's a very good goal and a desire, but it does end one day. That's not good enough, right? It needs to be something that, that is ever enduring. And you, you need to put and surrender to this reality every day to practice something that is beyond yourself and does not have an end. If you don't, I really believe you find yourself being self-absorbed, narcissistic, and the care for the other person just isn't quite there. So it needs to be a part of your everyday life. This is for me, prayer is indispensable. When I don't do it every day, oh man, it just really makes my day bad uh, for many reasons. My second one is discovery. If you're grounded in something permanent, it's infinite beyond yourself, you realize that maybe the world isn't just some random chance. There's something beyond itself that actually is orchestrating something to a good. And then that allows you to enter into the most, I think the most important part of margin and that is discovery. This idea of looking for the opportunity of the gift in all circumstances. And I practice this every day. Well, I don't. I really don't. I'm trying to more and more. I get off the track when I do. It changes my entire life once the habit is reformulated. That I look back and I see those difficult moments in my life. And instead of, instead of thinking, man, this sucks. I hate this. It's this person's fault. I ask the question, where's the gift in this? What does this make possible for me, right? Roger Connors, if you're not part of the problem, you're not part of the solution. Stop pointing the stupid finger and point at yourself. And how can I be a better husband, a better friend, a better father, a better employee? Where's a gift in this huge fight I had? 
They did something stupid over and over and I want to blame somebody else and to dig deep. Where's the gift? How can you be a better person? Where is this? What does this make possible? You've got to begin asking the self regularly to change this mindset. So then when you are in the heat of the moment, you don't go to the blaming, point the finger, you go to discovery, the idea of the gift, which the pinnacle of the gift is just in a couple of moments here, but discovery. Then the third one is gratitude. This idea of gratitude, of being thankful. If you truly have some practice of practicing that is infinite, right? As Simon Sinek said, you believe the world is not just random chance. There is something, something out there that allows us to believe that life is discovery, not random chance. Then you can truly be grateful because if you begin to see and ask the self, ask yourself, where is the gift in this? You'll definitely begin to see it and you'll be grateful. So you practice gratitude every day. And finally, generosity. This is the peak. This is the source and summit, I think, in my opinion, of human existence and as gift of self. Generosity. We know what it's like to be self-absorbed and to suck things from people. I know. I've been that person. And it sucks. <laughs> yeah, really, it sucks. It's not good. And we're called to give of ourselves, but we cannot give what we do not have or possess. We don't possess ourselves. We don't practice this. And we can't really be an act of generosity towards someone else. And I've been down that road where somebody's given me something, but not out of spirit of gratitude. And I never want it because I know that by taking it, I'll be required to get something back. I'll be put in some kind of penalty box if I don't give it in a certain way. I don't want that. I want someone to be able to give to me and I want to be able to give to someone else with a true authentic generosity that's grounded in the previous three. Because if you are grounded in permanence every day, practicing discovery every day, and you're grateful, then you give out of gratitude, which means you don't desire anything back because you're grateful already. It's a fruit. And so every day I'm trying to cultivate this sense of how do I practice small acts of generosity as a fruit of these other three? And I have a system that I use every day in my journal. And a part of this mini course will, will, will unfold that and help be able to maybe get this in part of your daily ritual so you can begin to get that space in your life again. So you can think critically, think really, have a sober understanding of yourself and others and not be so reactive and then maybe actually be a really good, authentic, generous gift to another that's really altruistic. So this is my margin. This is the most indispensable thing. And right now, the world needs it more than anything. So please um, share this episode with people who are, on, who are just frayed and exhausted. And you can do this as little as 10 to 15 minutes a day. Go to livingthereal.com, check out my newsletter. In a few weeks, I'm going to be giving all the information to sign up for the mini course to go deeper on how to practice margin, both in its identity and in the practical areas, which really do impinge upon our identity as well. It's hard when you have very little margin financially to feel like you can have space to just relax and have that space. So join me next episode with an, a guest conversation who really shows and illustrates this important part of the 3M framework of how her life was changed into a dark, dark place in her life and was pulled out principally through a discovery of meditation. All right. Thank you and see you next episode. Take care. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of Living the Real. If you want to check out more information, go to livingthereal.com and sign up for my newsletter. If you want to support this podcast, you can do that at patreon.com slash LTR, as well as one-time payments at Venmo and PayPal in the show notes. See you all next episode. Take care. Bye-bye. 
Before you head off, I just have one small favor to ask of you. If there's anybody in your life that you can think of, two people that might really could use this Living the Real podcast, would you share it with them this week? I'd greatly appreciate it. Somebody in your life like, man, they could just use a deeper perspective, right? Maybe a calling to a bigger purpose, or maybe they just need a better plan in their life. Share with them. Give them the hope that they need to be able to get out of whatever they need to get into, to be inspired to do something great. So if you can think of two people in your life right now who could use a little bit more of a realness in their week, please share it with them. Take care. Bye-bye.